This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And Mike Byers has thrown his second no-hitter. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back! Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From the opener to launch angles to clutch moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. That's right, live from the field, it is A's Cast Live here on A's Cast, powered by TuneIn. What a show we have for again for you today. Joey Wendell, the former athletic in the Rays, sitting right here. He's going to lead us off. Thank you for coming out. This is our A's live talk show that we do before the pregame and the game, and it's great to have you on my show once again because we had you when you were here last time. So welcome back to Oakland. That's right. Thank you for having me back, guys. So how is everything going with Tampa? Everything's going well. Going well. We're, uh, we're we're in a little bit of a rough patch right now. Uh, not playing our best, but uh, you know, look, looking to get back on track. And uh, you know, but all things considered, we're doing we're doing pretty well. Yeah, the one thing that I've noticed in reading in the stats pack, the stat pack is you guys have really struggled at Yankee Stadium. What do you think? I mean, obviously the Yankees are a very good team. You guys are a very good ball club too. Why do you think you've struggled in New York so much? Hey, it's it's hard to tell. I mean, that was actually my first series there this year. I've been injured for a little while, but um. You know, I, I think it's probably a combination of things. Uh, the first being that they have a very good pitching staff and they have a lot of arms there that can do do things to you, um, you, you know, in, in a lot of different ways. So, uh, yeah, I think that's probably the first thing. And then and then that and just maybe not clicking well offensively, it, it plays into it also. So you had the wrist issue. How's the wrist doing for you right now? Oh, it's doing great. Yeah, it, it feels uh, feels really good. It's uh, not, not an issue anymore. You know, that's something that, you know, Marcus Simeon had to deal with. And then Marcus, uh, yeah. when he came back, you know, it, you know, there's just something about when you hurt the wrist, it just affects the power, it affects the way you hit, but you're not feeling any side effects then. Yeah, no, no, not particularly. I, I don't think at this point it's affecting, uh, you know, affecting my performance. But, uh, you know, I had a rehab, came back from that, felt like I was hitting well, felt like my time was good in rehab, and, and uh, you know, came back and, and haven't quite had the impact offensively like I'd like to have uh, immediately, but – Still, uh, you know, still, still a lot of season ahead. You know, you talked about how seeing a lot of arms in New York, and it's just crazy the amount of relievers you can see in one game as a hitter. Yeah, uh, it seems like there's no end, and, and particularly that staff has a lot of uh, pretty good ones, and even a handful on the on the IL now. So, uh, yeah, it's, it seems like now you you know if you face one pitcher twice within a game, you're doing something. And then I was thinking, I've been asking a, a couple of VAs this, is that now out of the bullpen we're seeing 97, 98, a nightly basis. When did you start realizing and have to really prepare for this kind of velocity on a daily basis? When did that change for you? Oh, 
I don't know. It just seems like it's kind of something that's evolved over the years. You, you kind of look at the at the bullpens, and it, and it used to be. I remember I was at a, a Phillies game. I grew up in the Philadelphia area. I remember um, Billy Wagner hit 100 miles an hour at a game I was at, and the stadium just went wild. And now, <laughs> and now it's just you know it's just ho hum. There's another guy throwing 100 miles an hour. Um, so it's definitely something that in our game that's changing. And and as a hitter, it's something that you need to be prepared for every single night. Was that at Old Veterans Stadium? I, I think that was at Citizens Bank, but uh, I, I did go to a couple games at the Vet, too. The Old Vet, and that, that horrible <laughs> turf. Did you ever go to Eagles games there, too? I never went to an Eagles game there, no. Yeah, that was a, that was a, one of those old-school, just nasty stadiums. <laughs> but uh, Philadelphia, one of the great – one of the great – I mean – it's one of the great sports crowds. I mean, to, to be to be a Philly fan and to be, you know, we've seen with the Eagles or the Sixers, you know, it, it, the fan bases are unbelievable, but unbelievable there in Philly. Yeah, they're, they're going to love you or hate you, that's for sure. They're, they're going to let you know what's on their mind. <laughs> what's it like playing for the Rays and going up against the Yankees and the Red Sox when you guys have the lowest payroll and these guys are absolute monsters? Um, yeah, I mean, w w I would be lying if I tell you we weren't aware of that. Um, obviously, we, we know that we don't have the biggest payroll, and they have, um, you know, probably three or four times our payroll. But uh, I, I don't think that that really bothers our guys. I, I think we kind of go out and we play our game, and, and we know we feel confident in the team that we have, uh, that we put together. And, um, you know, we, we know they're going to hit. We know they're going to pitch. We know they're going to do certain things. Um, and we just have to be really good at the little things. We have to be really good on, on defense. We have to really get, be good at executing our pitches and, and putting together professional at-bats to score runs when we get the opportunity to do that. See, I would think if I was you guys, I would love going there beating them with their high payrolls <laughs> and being like, yeah, we're sta yeah, we're, we're Tampa. We may have the lowest payroll, but we're coming in here to, to drill you. I think you guys would take a lot of pride in that. There, there is something a little bit satisfying in that for sure. Um, but, but at the same time, it, it really doesn't matter. You know, we, we can't um, – we're in the same league. We're in the, we're playing for the same thing. And while yeah, it might work for for a little bit of motivation, knowing that they have all the resources in the world, and that that maybe we don't have all of. But uh, you know, at the same time, we're we're all competing, and we're all out there on the field, and and. All that matters is the nine who's out there and who's going to come on top of that game. Of course, you were here in Oakland. You came up through the system after the trade here to Oakland. How similar are, is the Rays organization with the A's organization? Yeah, I think they're similar in a lot of the ways they do things. Um, you know, I, I was uh, here in, in Oakland with the organization for three years, and this is only a, a year and a half for, for Tampa. Um, but, uh, y you know, I think that they're – they're similar in the fact that their, their player development is, is important to them and, and they value the players that, that they have within the minor leagues and um, how they're going to help them become a, become players to contribute to the major league team as opposed to, to going out and getting guys. I think about these two franchises are also very into analytics. How similar are the analytics between the two franchises? Um, there, there are some similarities and there are some differences. Um, you know, both of them are, are focused on uh, you know, numbers that maybe other organizations aren't, aren't focused on, some of the underlying numbers and um, just different different ways to evaluate players. And, and you know, I think that they're both um, kind of on the cutting edge of, of, uh, of things that maybe other organizations don't need to be as savvy about um, in terms of how they're evaluating players, where, where they're looking to get their players and stuff like that. And, th and they have to be good at things. Um, that maybe other organizations don't have to because they have the luxury to go out and get other players. Now, we know how successful the Rays have been, and, and, it, and, it, and it's pretty spectacular what they have done with what they have to deal with. And I think about your manager, Kevin Cash, 
because so much is coming from the front office on how to do the lineup, when to play guys, when to pitch guys, when to bring guys out of the bullpen, when to use the opener. But I think really a key for him, and I said this when we were in Tampa, is the fact that he's got to get the buy-in from you guys. You guys got to buy into it. What does your manager do that gets you guys to buy in? I think the biggest thing that he does, he just creates a great environment for us. Um, we all feel um, like we're like we're in we're in the season together, and um, I, I think he does a great job of allowing everybody to kind of be themselves out there on the field. And um, you know, w- we have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun in the clubhouse. We have a lot of fun on the planes and on the bus rides, um, stuff like that. And I, I think that's key for an organization like ours to to really allow players to be themselves and be comfortable playing. And you guys have always made history it seems like you know when you think about what the Rays have done with the opener and shifting and everything and now for the first time ever someone from the front office is in your dugout in uniform for players how have you guys handled that that's something we have never really seen yeah well Jay Money's one of us now he's he's in the clubhouse he's in the He's, he's in the dugout, and uh, I, I think that's been really helpful. I think we've been able to ask him questions that maybe we would have had and nobody in the past could have answered that, that he can definitely uh, bring new light to a situation or to a, a certain stat or something along those lines that, that really can help the players. I'm glad that you said that because I was wondering how that was going to work because he may be somebody that's saying, hey, take Joey out because we want to do this because this metric says that, and that's taking it a bat away from you. And then how are you going to handle that in the dugout? But you're saying that's that's not a problem. No, no, not particularly. I, I, I always just joke with him. I say, Jay Money, when I have a question, you're supposed to know the answer to it <laughs> right there and then and there on the spot. If it's somebody's stats, if it's a – what does XWOBA mean, or how does that play into our evaluation? You're supposed to know that right on the spot. So we, we kind of joke with him, but he, he's been a great asset for us and, and uh, certainly a guy that we enjoy having around the clubhouse also. So does he have, like, a big binder that just has a million numbers in it? <laughs> yeah, his brain. <laughs> he's uh, – he, he's very bright. He's, he's gifted in a lot of ways. So, Yeah, we talked to Sig Mydell from the Orioles. He's actually from the Bay Area, and he was a guy that worked for NASA. <laughs> and he's now in there. Ori- he went from St. Louis to Houston uh, to Baltimore. So, you know, you have a lot of these smart guys, and you guys have a lot of them. And, and do you guys as a team recognize the fact that your front office has basically brought in a bunch of analytics people, and you guys are doing it in-house? Yeah, I think it was cool. We did this spring training. Um, it was for, for three or four days at a time. We had a different front office guy come in and, and be with us in the clubhouse and be with us um, in the dugout as well, I think, so that, one, that we could get to know them and, and just familiarize ourselves with them and um, so that we, we wouldn't have to be a stranger in the future, but also just so they would kind of understand what we're going through on a daily basis and they can kind of look at things. Uh, from a baseball player's perspective. So I think that was uh, really smart that the Rays kind of introduced that and something that probably we'll we'll keep doing here. You know, once an A, always an A. We're always going to be rooting for you. It's great to have you back. Thank you for coming out. We truly appreciate it. And good luck in this series, and we'll talk to you down the line and uh, maybe maybe in the postseason. (laughs) All right. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Joey Wendell, former athletic and now with the Rays, joining us here on A's Cast Live. Yeah, these are the types of interviews that we are going to do in uh, a lot of – his ex-teammates have been looking at him, so I'm sure there's going to be a lot of hellos being said between him and the Oakland Athletics. But that's one of the great things about this show is our ability to bring players and to bring front office people and to bring coaches and to bring managers and bring them right down to the field. We have the best set in the business. We're right outside the dugout, and we're looking right now as Ryan Christensen is talking to the media as he's uh, – He's being Bob Melvin today. As Bob uh, has some things to do, Bob is not going to be here at the game today. He'll be back tomorrow. 
but uh, we give you the sights and sounds of everything going on in baseball. We're going to have Mike Fires coming up here at 4.30. Once again, Dallas Braden at 4.45. Dwayne Stats at 5.15. And then the great Vita Blue. I've been doing interviews for with Vita Blue probably since like 1997. And you think of what a star Vita Blue is. And he's the nicest, most fun guy. I wish we would have him here more. Obviously, he has the connection with the San Francisco Giants also. But Vita Blue is so legit, and he's such a great man. All right, coming up next, something's happened today with the Rays. And their report has gotten out. And it's a shot across the bow to not only St. Petersburg, but also Tampa. And I think it's something that we really need to look at here in Oakland. We'll talk about it right now. We'll talk, we'll talk about it next. Trouble getting that one out right here on A's Cast Live. If you love chicken pies and a dynamic menu, then you're going to love the chicken pie shop of Walnut Creek. You have to try their world-famous chicken pie dinner, which has been served in Southern California for 80 years. That's a chicken pie shop right off Main Street in downtown Walnut Creek, located at 1251 Arroyo Way. Parking's easy, perfect for events, daily drink and food specials, and best of all, great food. Check out their menu at chickenpieshopwc.com. That's chickenpieshopwc.com, right off Main Street, Walnut Creek. Now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or co-workers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com premium today. Want to give back to the community along with some of your favorite A's players and front office staff? Through the A's volunteer team, fans can join us in giving back to Oakland and the East Bay. Through your time and energy, fans can earn rewards based on the number of hours spent volunteering. To get started, visit athletics.com community. That's athletics.com community. Free parking, free drinks, and maybe even your favorite A's players flying into your lap. The Field Box is a great way to entertain clients or enjoy a game with your family and friends. Located next to each dugout, now is your time to get in on the action right from the field. To learn more about the Field Box and other premium seating options, visit athletics.com premium or call us at 510-638-GO-A's. That's 510-638-4627. 510-638-4627. From sweet plans to single-game suites, there's nothing like premium hospitality and athletics baseball. New for the 2019 season, food and beverages are now included in all suites, plus options to create a three-game suite plan. Plus, select plans also include an A's Access membership, allowing you to attend every regular season home game. To learn more about A's suites, visit athletics.com suites. That's athletics.com suites. Want to take home half of the 50-50 pot? This season, you'll have even more opportunities to test out your luck. The Oakland A's Community Fund will host a 50-50 raffle at every home game in 2019. Tickets are sold from gates opening through the last out of the sixth inning, from raffle sellers, or at the kiosk at Section 217. The winner will be announced in-game and will receive 50% of the jackpot, with the remainder benefiting the Oakland A's Community Fund. Learn more at athletics.com raffle. 
This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And Mike Fires has thrown his second no-hitter. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back! Go for Yelich! Tony Bellinger hits one out. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From the opener to launch angles to clutch moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Can I tell you what I'm excited about? What I was really excited about today? I don't have to do anything for the NBA draft. I don't care. This is the first time in like God knows how long. I have not, I, I, I don't know who goes when. I don't care. See, the thing about the draft is when you don't care about a draft, you just let it happen and then the next day you read about who gets drafted. You don't have to worry about the rumors, the woge bombs. You don't have to worry about Twitter. I don't care. Whoever gets drafted gets drafted, and we'll find out later today. There were a ton of woge bombs already today with a bunch of trades happening. Don't teams, care. Teams moving up. The Kevin Durant news that people are spewing Do not out there. care. For the first time in a long time, don't have to worry about who's getting drafted, when they're getting drafted. Not a big deal whatsoever. We're just talking baseball. That's a great thing about this show. And whoever the Warriors get, whenever the heck they're picking, I have no 20, clue. 28th. 28th, and I know they acquired another pick today. 41 and 58. See, Alex? I don't care. Blake Trina, how are you? All right, Blake Trina just stopped by, signed a baseball, and we will give you a 2018 All-Star. Blake Trina just came by, signed a baseball, and said give it to a listener. So the first person who texts us at 510-897-1322. That's 510-897-1322. And asks to have the Blake Trine in baseball, you'll be the first one to win it. It's a used baseball, so it's not a pearl. I can tell you that. He was just playing catch with it. But that's a first. Player just stopped by. Your your closer. And uh, signs of baseball, and uh, someone's going to get it. Pretty cool. But that's the kind of things we can do here on A's Cast Live since our set is the baseball field. So there is a crazy story coming out of the owners are meeting right now. And Jeff Passon put out there that the Tampa Bay Rays. So we were just in Tampa. Mike Fires joining us at 430. We were just in Tampa. And I really got to learn what the heck is going on in Tampa and what's the problem. Well, the problem is the team plays in St. Petersburg. And St. Petersburg is not very big. Very nice area. I walked around. Very nice area. You can see why a lot of people go there from the East Coast. Got a lot of restaurants right on the water. It was pretty cool. But the problem is Tampa Bay is across this bridge. And supposedly Tampa, which is far bigger, and there's a lot of areas around Tampa, like the Tampa Bay Lightning, their hockey team has sold out for seven straight years. And the Buccaneers have had great attendance. They've won a Super Bowl. But the problem is when they tried to get the stadium done in Tampa, they couldn't get it done. And Tampa had till the end of last year to have the negotiating rights to bring the Rays to Tampa. And everybody thinks the only way the Rays are going to survive is going to be Tampa. Well, St. Petersburg, Florida doesn't want to lose them. So St. Petersburg is back in the negotiations. 
And what I'm hearing is that Stu Steinberg, their owner, really doesn't want to put up a lot of the money for a new stadium. Hence the problem of getting a stadium done in 2019. So Major League Baseball, I, I, rumors are rumors, right? I heard he only wanted to put up $100 million. Now, if you're a rich guy and you only want to put up $100 million, that ain't going to get it done in modern-day sports. Unless you're going to be super rich and you're like, what's his name, the Rams owner? Stan Kroenke. Uh, Stan Kroenke, and whose wife is one of the Walmart kids. Uh, his, like, he's worth like $6 billion and the wife's worth like $4 billion. So they can build whatever they want in Los Angeles. It's just stupid. So the Rays have received permission from Major League Baseball, according to Jeff Passan from ESPN, to explore a plan which they would play early season home games in Tampa when the rain hasn't come yet, and they would have an outdoor facility. And then the remainder of the year, because if you listen to the games in Tampa, do, do you guys remember the lightning that was outside? You could actually hear it. It's crazy. It rains every day. So once you get to the summertime, the team would then move to Montreal where their weather will be nicer in summertime, and you, you basically are the Expos and the Rays. Your nickname, according to Alex Jensen, would be the X-Rays. Expos, Rays, X-Rays, get it? This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I mean, it literally is the dumbest. You're going to have a team, and you know what? It's kind of what we've heard with the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars could be playing in Jacksonville and also in London. I mean, it doesn't work. It, it just – and the reason why I think this is coming out, because this is now a shot across the bow to one of these cities, is that essentially what could happen is they just lose the team to Montreal. But I have told you on this show, and I can't repeat it enough, because I think this really deals with Oakland, too. Can they get something done here in Oakland? And the reason why the commissioner of baseball has been all in for the A's and all in for the Rays is because they want to expand. They don't want to relocate anybody. They want to expand to 32 teams because the reason why there's more money to be made for the owners by expanding than relocating. Now, in the NFL, we saw the relocation fees for the Rams, the Chargers, and the Raiders. It's the last big cash grab for these old owners in the NFL. But baseball, their relocation fee is nothing like the NFL. They can charge somebody a lot more money. And once again, with every single story in sports, what do you do? You follow the money. And if you're going to put a team in Montreal, if you're going to put a team in Portland or North Carolina, wherever it will be, this cash grab for Major League Baseball owners will be far bigger if it's expansion versus relocation. I can tell you behind the scenes, I don't know how much the A's really want me to say this. I can just tell you this. Rob Manfred knows exactly what's going on here. He's updated constantly on what's going on here. And he is a big part of trying to get a ballpark done here in Oakland. Now, the number one guy you need to thank if this thing gets built in 2023 is Bud Selig. 
Bud Selig is the reason why the A's are still where they are today. A different commissioner? Maybe the team is down in San Jose. Maybe the team is down in Fremont. Maybe this team would have moved out of the market. But Bud Selig said, you're staying in Oakland. So for all the things that everybody hated about Bud Selig, when it's all said and done, when they open this new ballpark in 2023, everybody should be sending him thank you cards because he's the reason why the A's are hashtag rooted in Oakland and here to stay. And that's why John Fisher had to make changes and had to bring in someone like Dave Cavill. And John Fisher got more involved. And Dave Cavill is now spearheading the charge to get this team a new stadium in 2023. But if they don't get the stadium and you're starting to hear stuff like this, this is kind of a shot across the bow to everybody who's looking to get new digs. Because Major League Baseball in New York, they're looking at Texas. Texas built a new ballpark in 1994, and they're, uh, they're building already a new one. And Oakland, you, Oakland, East Bay, Alameda County, you lost your NBA team. You, you're losing your NFL team. NBA next year is going to be in San Francisco. Probably not this season, then next season, you're losing your NFL team. All you're going to have left is this. You don't want to lose this, right? Major League Baseball is only going to be patient for so long with both the Rays and the A's. And this topic right here, I think, tells you all you need to know. As they're they're basically saying, all right, Tampa, all right, St. Pete, you better get something done because you could have your team be playing in Montreal in the summertime and you don't have baseball. You don't have those jobs for those people. Let me tell you something. The crowd working at the... Ray's game was a real older crowd. You could tell it was a lot of retirees who probably are counting on the, you know, they're counting on the money and the tax dollars you get from teams playing in your town. That's why I say when the Warriors leave the town, which still to me, I can now say this, I really couldn't say this at the old station. The fact that some of you people were buying town warrior stuff infuriated me absolutely infuriated me it's the fact that the warriors had the nerve to sell the town rep in oakland as they're leaving oakland and taking their tax dollars and taking their business to san francisco they milked you one last time yeah you're buying a 40 dollar hat saying the town raiders and they're i mean warriors and they're leaving the town they also tried to stiff Oakland and Alameda County with, what was that, a 44 or $46 million bill? Because part of when they redid Oracle, premium seats were supposed to help pay off part of the renovation. And Joe Lakeup and Peter Gruber gave Oakland the middle finger and said, we're not paying it, we're out of here. But luckily for you people who live in, I don't live in Alameda County, so I'm not getting stuck with that bill. But I'm looking at Alex Jensen, who lives in Alameda County, and they tried to stick you, your parents, your family, everybody with a four, I, was it 44 or 46, but an arbitrator ruled in favor of Oakland and Alameda County, so the Warriors do have to pay it. They, they were looking to do you so dirty, it was unbelievable, and nobody wanted to talk about it. Nobody really. Matir and Ross were the only people who really educated us on what was going on, and they do a phenomenal job for the San Francisco Chronicle. But that was the real, real your glorious basketball team 
was stiffing you, and now they've taken their business across the bay. And that's where their tax dollars are going. But the fact that people were wearing the town warrior stuff, I just I was like, you couldn't you couldn't believe how wrong that is. So that's why when Dave Cavill asks you to show up in Sacramento or show up at City Hall or show up anywhere as A's fans, you need to back this man because he's doing everything he can to get you a new ballpark. So here you go. At one point, people thought the Rays were ahead of the A's for a new ballpark. That has flipped. The Rays are now behind the A's, and look what Major League Baseball is threatening. Threatening to take, oh, yeah, you can have some games early in the year, but the rest of the year, and if you make the playoffs, oh, yeah, that's going to be in Montreal. That is not going to be in Oakland. Matt Chapman just fired a ball into the second deck. I've noticed he does that every game before before he starts taking ground balls. I'm... Looking to see who's going to be hitting, because usually Bob Melvin and him, if, if we, we've chronicled here on A's Cast Live, he and Bob Melvin have a competition every single day. It's going to be Mark Kotze going to be hitting ground balls. So Melvin, they have a competition every day where Melvin tries to beat Matt Chapman. And Matt, Bob Melvin is not here today, so that duty is going to be Mark Kotze, the, more, the former Cal State Fullerton Titan. Coming up, we're going to hear from Mike Fires, the man that threw the second no-hitter, the only guy to throw two no-hitters, and both were in interleague play. And since his time of throwing that no-hitter, I'll have the stats for you. He's been lights out. We'll talk about it next on A's Cast Live. Want to add to your collection of A's memorabilia but can't make it to the Coliseum? During every weekend home series, the Oakland A's Community Fund will hold a digital silent auction through the MLB Ballpark app. You can bid on rare memorabilia items, including baseballs, jerseys, bats, game-used equipment, and autographed items. Proceeds from the silent auction benefit the Oakland A's Community Fund and its initiatives in the community. Download the app at athletics.com slash ballpark app. Looking to understand what makes the A's tick? With weekly shows with manager Bob Melvin and general manager David Forst, now you get the inside scoop into the green and gold. Download A's Cast today or head to athletics.com slash podcast to get started. Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's Cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors. It's time to grab your reserved space in the popular Connie Mack Club. The club space gives your group a private area located in Shibe Park Tavern for the entire ball game. The Connie Mack Club features access to outdoor seating and includes a pre-game buffet filled with our highest-end food package. This area of the ballpark is perfect for 30 to 50 guests to kick back, relax, and enjoy the game. For more information about the Connie Mack Club and other group offers, visit athletics.com groups. Now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or co-workers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com slash premium today. The future is bright in Oakland and the East Bay. 15,000 local youth baseball and softball players are participating in the Future A's program, presented by Kaiser Permanente. 
The club's new initiative provides complimentary jerseys and hats to local youth baseball and softball leagues. Teams also receive additional benefits and support, including development clinics, tickets to A's games, and more. Visit athletics.com future for more information. Playing in Hero Town? It's only fitting to get your group together to reserve the Budweiser Hero Deck. Located next to the right field foul pole, this awesome new space can hold around 100 people and a bunch of home run balls. With an all-inclusive buffet, now is the time to be the hero of your friends and colleagues by grabbing tickets and a cold one for a great day at the ballpark. For more information about the Budweiser Hero Deck, visit athletics.com premium today. Now back to A's Cast Live. Broadcasting from the town, here's Chris Townsend. Yes, glory days. Alex Jensen, former St. Mary Gale. Myself, former San Jose State Spartan. Two bad college pitchers talking about we would have been better in today's baseball. It's just a bottom line. Or I at least want to believe that. How about Mike, Mike Fires? Mike Fires is 5-0 and in his last eight starts. 5-0. and And the thing that, and I know, you know, it's funny. Guys don't like talking about themselves. Modern-day players really don't like talking about themselves. And I brought this up because one of the games that I, where, where uh, Ken Korak was out and I was filling in and I was Vince, I had him after the game as the, you know, post-game number one player. And I brought up about how, you know, he was struggling – and Mike Fires basically stepped up and said, listen, this is not me. I'm better than this. And since then, he threw the no-hitter, and he's 5-0. and And he really didn't want to talk about it. But, I mean, that just tells you what a leader of a staff does. He basically says, this isn't good enough. I'm better than this, and I'm going to go out, and I'm going to show you. That's leading by example. And that's one of the reasons the A's still have a shot in this thing is because they do have guys that lead by example. I'm looking at the guy taking ground balls right now, the guy that has one of the top hitting streaks in the game, and that's Marcus Simeon. Marcus Simeon plays every single day, and he has a 16-game hitting streak. Try, uh, that's tops in baseball with Christian Yelich. This guy goes out, plays every day. He works out every day, plays hard every single day. So if you're somebody with the A's and Marcus plays every day and Marcus prepares to play every day, your butt better be doing it too. That's a leader by example. Same thing with Mike Fires. And you think about what Mike Fires has done since he was brought over here. He's really been an anchor for the staff. And now there's a lot of people that thought he should have started the wild card game. But he's a fly ball pitcher. I, I mean, I understood the rationale behind it. He's a fly ball pitcher. It's Yankee Stadium. You know, you're thinking you're going to go all power arms and you're going to do a bullpen game. And unfortunately for Liam Hendricks, he gave up the home run right out of the gate. And, uh, you know, when you go with an opener and they give up a run, you feel like the opener has failed. But we will talk to Mike Fires at some point, and he has just been fantastic for the athletics. And you just think, when you have your number one guy, when your number one guy starts to really pitch well, 
it just flows to the, everybody else. It flows to Frankie Montas. It flows to Brett Anderson. It gets everybody in line when you have that one guy that, you know, he's going to go out there, give you six, seven strong. That's huge. And that's why I've really enjoyed what Mike Fires has done, and hopefully we'll have him. And this is the deal. We're always going to have to be really flexible because it's it's batting practice. All these guys, you know, they'll come to us when they, you know, Joey Wendell, hey, I got to do 4 o'clock. All right, we'll leave the show off with you. Okay, last night, I got to tell you, last night was bad you-know-what. As Mad Max, if you didn't get to see it, Go find it. Look at the picture. We talked about Max Scherzer broke his nose while bunting, practicing bunting. Think about that. You break your nose. So you've got stuff floating around. I've never broken my nose. I've been hitting the nose quite a few times. The mean streets of downtown San Jose when we got some squabbles back in the day. It hurts. I can't imagine breaking your nose. And think about when you're moving around, the, 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 your sinuses and everything, and, and there's, there's, there's bone fragments moving around in your nose. I am shocked they allowed him to go out there because I there also is the element of you get hit like that, and if you saw how bruised he was, his, his right eye had a complete shiner, and even there was some of a black eye in his left eye. I mean, there, it, it, was, it was bad. But Mad Max took the mound. His average four-seam fastball in this game was the highest all year and was his highest since 2015. The man's got a broken nose, and he's throwing the ball 96.2 miles an hour, the average of his four-seam fastball. He struck out 10. 24 missed swings, 18 were on the four-seam fastball. Mad Max was angry. And you know how crazy he is. He's stomping around the mound, but he was angry and he was bringing the heat yesterday. Scherzer sets the kick three two again. Slider strike three called. Locked him up, buckled his knees, and Hoskins caught looking. And this has gone from 0 2 to 3 2. The 3 2 from Max. Swing and a miss. 98 on a fastball up and in, and down goes Miller. Now trying to get behind Max Scherzer. Trying for punch out number nine. The 2 2 coming. Swing and a miss. 97 of the fastball, and down goes Nap. 24,220. Waiting to see if Scherzer can strike out three in a row after the leadoff double. With a look of determination, he takes in the sign. It's one and two. The pause. Here's the pitch. Swing and a miss on a slider. Scherzer with a broken nose has struck out 10 Philadelphia Phillies over seven shutout innings. 88th career double-digit strikeout game, six this year, and these fans love it. The whole nose thing, it, it looks a lot worse than it actually is. I, I, I felt zero pain tonight. Uh, for me, the, the thing I actually had to get used to was when I was warming up, the, uh, the swelling underneath my eye was kind of jiggling around. And, uh, once I got kind of used to that in the warm-ups, uh, by the time I actually went out there for the uh, game, I got used to it, and I felt good. I felt normal. So I was just, for me, going out there pitching my game. And so for me, uh, I've been very good at locked in with my mechanics. And, and pitching with all my pitches that it was just going out there and executing. And he has a ton of head movement when he throws. I mean, he's all over the place. And you got to think, I'm not buying there was no pain. 
I don't care what they're giving you. I don't care, you know, ton of Advil or wh- whatever whatever they gave him. You know, that that's not an injury. You know how we talk about in football, go to the medicine cabinet, shoot it up. That's not something you can shoot up. And you just think of just heroic, and I mean heroic, performances in the history of sports. By the way, seven innings, ten strikeouts. That's the Phillies and Bryce Harper coming to town. That was a huge outing by Max Scherzer. Everybody's always going to think of Willis Reed with the New York Knicks in the 1970 NBA Finals. I always uh, Commander Cody, my producer, put Michael Jordan flu game NBA Finals where he rolled out of bed and scored 38 points against the Utah Jazz. You know, with Michael Jordan, you don't know if it was the flu bug or was Michael out all night long because the stories about Michael Jordan were legendary. Let's just say this about Michael Jordan. He didn't sleep a whole heck of a lot when he was on the road. Michael liked to be out. But if you're going to hoot with the Owls, you got to soar with the Eagles. But for this, for the sake of this program, we will say he had the flu. Kurt Gibson, don't want to bring that up, Ace fans, but you know all about that. In 1988, this is one of the great ones. Tiger Woods down at Torrey Pines beating Rocco Mediate in the U.S. Open, and he has a completely torn knee. His knee was absolutely gone. And not only did he win the U.S. Open, and that was his last major to win since he won this past Masters. But remember this. He had to make the final putt on the par 5 18 at Torrey just to get into a playoff. And the playoff for the U.S. Open is 18 holes the next day. So not only did he play four rounds, he now has to go back out for a fifth round. And then they were still tied at the end of 18 and had to play extra holes after that. He did that all on a knee that after that had to be completely restructured again. Unbelievable. We'll we'll never forget the Kurt Schilling in the bloody sock during game six of 2014. And how about Clay Thompson? Clay Thompson, you know, there's one more here. I love Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson is one of my favorite athletes, and there's a there's a, a lot of reasons why. One, he's a super cool guy. I've gotten to know Clay a little bit. But the fact that the way he plays in an era of millennial millionaires where everything is look at me, look at me, look at me, it's all about my brand. Clay Thompson goes about his business like an old school player. And the one thing that you're gonna see with the Golden State Warriors when he's not available, and I don't know when he's going to be available, it'll be later in the season, you watch how their defense is going to drop off. Because much as everybody loves Steph, Steph doesn't play great D. And if there's ever a perimeter player who is the best player going up against the Warriors, who's on him? It's Klay Thompson. Now what do you do? And I ain't even talked about his offense yet. I'm talking about what he does for the defense. Then you talk about the offense, Instagram models, <laughs> Clay is my guy. Hopefully coming up here, we're going to have Mike Fires here on the field talking about how well Mike has been doing since he threw the no-hitter. He is going to go Saturday. And for the Rays, we know Charlie Morton's going today. After this, it's TBA. Their bullpen got absolutely beat up in that Yankee series. They really took it in the they really took it on the chin. So hopefully we'll have Mike Fires coming up here right here on A's Cast Live. Want to give back to the community along with some of your favorite A's players and front office staff? Through the A's volunteer team, fans can join us in giving back to Oakland and the East Bay. 
Through your time and energy, fans can earn rewards based on the number of hours spent volunteering. To get started, visit athletics.com slash community. That's athletics.com slash community. Now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or coworkers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com premium today. Want to take home half of the 50-50 pot? This season, you'll have even more opportunities to test out your luck. The Oakland A's Community Fund will host a 50-50 raffle at every home game in 2019. Tickets are sold from gates opening through the last out of the sixth inning, from raffle sellers or at the kiosk at Section 217. The winner will be announced in-game and will receive 50% of the jackpot, with the remainder benefiting the Oakland A's Community Fund. Learn more at athletics.com raffle. From sweet plans to single-game suites, there's nothing like premium hospitality and athletics baseball. New for the 2019 season, food and beverages are now included in all suites plus options to create a three-game suite plan. Plus, select plans also include an A's Access membership, allowing you to attend every regular season home game. To learn more about A's suites, visit athletics.com suites. That's athletics.com suites. If you're a baseball fan and a parent, you've probably had to explain to your kid that a 2-2 count isn't something a ballerina wears. As a parent or even a sibling, you may have also had to explain that a makeup game doesn't involve lipstick or mascara. But as a parent and an A's fan, we do hope you know about our new A's stomping ground. This awesome space is open and waiting for you. From awesome new games for kids to interactive activities, the A's Stomping Ground is right for you and your family. So the next time the kids want to know what a sandwich pick is or who got that 2-2 pitch, you will know it's time to go to a ball game and visit the A's Stomping Ground, a free area in right field for kids and families. Visit athletics.com slash stomping ground to learn today. That's athletics.com slash stomping ground. Now back to A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, I've said this for many, many years. One of my favorite A's to cover all time is the great Dallas Braden, who is going to be doing TV for this series on NBC Sports California with Glenn Kuyper. And let's start out with this. How about our Red Raiders in the College World Series? I'll let you on. I'll let you on the bandwagon. I'm on. I'll let you on. The Texas Tech University Red Raiders. That's right. Storming over the Seminoles. I'll, I'll take a few moments just to say congratulations to Coach Mike Martin. A tremendous career. Yes. Very story. He laid the foundation there at FSU for what they have come to know and love as a very storied baseball program, but quickly shifting gears to Tim Tadlock's Texas Tech Red Raider. Here we go. We've got an opportunity now to bite Michigan right back in the butt after they bit a chunk out of us. I'm excited. I love how Texas Tech, when they hit home runs, 
the bullpen is just going nuts, you know, they, guns up. They love it. And then the guy crosses home plate, and oh, he yes. takes the helmet and salutes the bullpen. It's amazing. It is. I mean, we're talking about the Texas Tech hecklers, right? A, a group of fans who travel in droves. Look, playing there, Townie, was incredible. Friday night, these fans are there early. They've got your entire bio memorized. So come Friday night, first pitch, if you're the opposing team, and if you have if you got a C in woodworking in the seventh grade, they're going to let you know about it, and everybody's going to know about it. It's, a, it's an incredible environment. So I, I, years ago, I was, I was at Oklahoma, and Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury was the quarterback, That's now right. the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, That's but he right. was the quarterback at Texas Tech. Number 16. And they were uh, – it was, it was basically whoever won this game in Norman was going to the Big 12 championship game. And I'll never forget, I was, you know, I was going over the media section. I was sneaking a bunch of Crown Royal. We're going to be on the sidelines. It was awesome. And all of a sudden, two buses pull up, and it's all Texas Tech people. And all of a sudden, this guy goes, get your guns up. And next thing you know, all these people are acting like they're shooting guns in the air. I'm like, oh, yeah, we're in the Midwest, baby. Everybody in everybody in the Big 12 has some type of, you know, we know the hook'em horns. Oh, yeah, hook'em horns. Everybody's got something. Gig'em ags. Oh, yeah, they, every, everybody's excited. That's the thing about college sports, and I think specifically in those bigger conferences, everybody has a reason to get riled up. Everybody's passionate about it. I mean, because let's be honest, at the end of the day, you've got a group of, elite athletes that are mixed in with some folks that are probably going to be insurance salesmen or who knows they may be curing cancer which i love to hear but at the end of the day it's athletes and it's average joes really blended together at the last moment before the athletes continue their careers and other folks shift on into life so what we're doing here is we're the only team in baseball who has this right you know that and and i think about how we're always starting new stuff and we can take that to you and taking an ex-player, putting him down near the dugout and being on television and being able to see like the Dodgers have now copied it with no more Garcia Parra. I don't know how many other teams have copied it, but we're always starting new stuff here. And you were the start of something new on television. Well, that's pretty cool. And and I think one thing I want to one thing I want to let folks know is the people behind the scenes that make that machine go. They're the ones who, without a doubt, deserve their credit because you're talking about breaking down setting up and continuing to try to reinvent a wheel that seemingly has been rolling without any speed bumps and they continue to try to find ways to make it better to try to enhance the experience and i'm just fortunate enough to have been in the right place at the right time i talk a lot about what glenn and ray have done for me in terms of helping me grow in that role Tonight I'll spend time in the booth, so I've been able to to really see this game from a lot of different aspects. But to your point, getting down here behind home plate, what it's afforded me is to see and hear the game and deliver those sights and sounds in a fashion that I don't think any other broadcast has the ability to do. And I think that's where A's fans and the folks who are in charge of putting this thing together really benefit. And I think for you, you're young enough that you either had some type of connection with some of the players or they still recognize you as a player versus let's say you were 60 years old and right. they'd be like, hey, who's this old man behind, right by the dugout, right? Right, right. So they, they, they still know of you or you had some type of connection with them when you're in the big leagues, they were in the minor leagues. I think that's one of the big strengths for you. Well, it is, and, and, and the fact that I'm also, you know, 
the position I'm in, I'm also an ambassador to the organization. So aside from just being an announcer for NBC, as an ambassador to the organization, I find myself in situations where we're doing meet and greets or I'm hosting small events where I'm on a personal level with these players. And I do, I get to spend time with these guys away from the field. And that's part of that brotherhood that we share, part of that fraternal relationship that will never go away, that there's really, there's not a wedge big enough to drive in between, I think, that kind of relationship. So they understand that what's said to me, the things that we share, the things we engage in, that stays between us as former and current player. I just am allowed to kind of paint things in a little different picture because of those relationships that they allow me to have. See, there's the difference between a guy who played in the big leagues and a guy that didn't. My title is senior producer. He gets ambassador. How much cooler is that? He's an ambassador. I'm just a guy who's producing things. <laughs> right, but you are producing, my <laughs> yes. friend. Producing you are. <laughs> so this season, it, you know, it's kind of crazy. They have the same record right now as they did at this time Nuts. last year. Nuts, right? Okay, and, and I don't know how Why, to Why, though? Why is the question? Okay, how about this? And, and I don't understand, and I don't know how, how this is possible. But if you go back to the early 2000s, so we're talking about a lot of different players. We're talking about di different managers, different coaches, different groups of players from your time to this time to Giambi. And to Why does this franchise always start out slow? <laughs> it has for, I mean, it's now, what? I mean, it's, it's, it's 19 years of starting out slow. What, what, what's the deal? Right, and there's, it's funny because you hear June swoon, right? And a lot of teams fall victim to that at times. But I, I don't know if it's... At times, I've, I've wanted to blame it on spring training because you just never, you know, you, you're ready to get the hell out of spring training the minute it starts, it seems like. But also, there's a part of you that kind of gets used to spring training. You're enjoying spring training. As a pitcher, I was anyway because, heck, I'm only working every five days. I get to enjoy a lot of golf courses, a lot of fine dining, a lot of great things to do in the evening, if you will, Townie. Yes. But then you get here to Oakland and... Well, that that changes that, that that changes and that goes not just for anywhere or that goes for anywhere not just here in oakland but i i don't know if it's something specific because think about the rotation got off to a tremendous start this season right got off to a hot start what was a a perceived weakness last year was part of the rotation how are we going to patch this thing together so the bullpen emerges as the lead stallion in the clubhouse this is the horse that's going to that we're going to ride to to where we need to get to and things have completely flip-flopped if you think about it up until this point right now there's some guys who you've really relied on that haven't been who they were last year so it's really been again a total team effort just in a different way talk about how every team you ever played on has a different DNA because so much of, hey, look at last year, last year. Well, last year was last year. This right. year is this year. Right. It's about I, – I, you have to think about veteran, young guy mix. And for me, I was on teams that had Hall of Famers that were rounding third, guys like Nomar that you mentioned, a guy like Frank Thomas, a guy like Mike Piazza. You know, I had those kind of guys kicking around the clubhouse at times. And, and then you look at this clubhouse – and you think about, okay, Yusmero Petit, a veteran, Soria, a veteran. There's some guys like that around, but there's also there's a, a very young and exciting and invigorating nucleus here. And I think that's what you try to identify is who are the guys that you, you, you can consider glue guys or who are the guys that are creating the culture in the clubhouse. And those individuals change. That atmosphere changes 
from time to time. So the DNA of a team, one year, you think about the big three in the early 2000s, right? The DNA of that team is an exciting young position group, but we understand what's putting butts in the seats, and it's those big sexy three, right? That's kind of the DNA of that club, and things shift just based on personnel, in my opinion. Yeah, the, the DNA of this club is definitely different. You mentioned the bullpen, and, you know, they have 16 losses. They only had 17 all last year, and that's another thing that's very tough to judge, and, and you would have experienced in your time and you're experiencing it now is year to year the bullpens are different. Well, and I think right now in baseball what we're experiencing is I don't know if it's necessarily an experimentation on how to d- deploy arms, but we're going to see it throughout this series in unconventional if you will i i think we're actually beyond considering the opener unconventional because it is in the tampa bay rays mind a method that has been tried and true they are a winning ball club when deploying this method and i think that goes across baseball how arms are being used is changing people are trying to analyze and evaluate individuals who can do things differently than i think relievers have really done in the past you go back to the 60s and 70s and 80s and those bullpen guys we're, we're getting two or three out of you right you're closing ball games that we're, that's going to be a three any count i'm going to need nine outs out of you you look at a reliever today and ask him for nine outs and, and well you're talking to an opener probably and and that's just that's the way this game is shifting can you imagine coming up and it was dallas just get us five just get us five oh. Oh, I mean. Just five, Dallas. That's and, all we need. And, and Townie, look, I'm not somebody that, that is going to talk like I was going out there and giving you eight, nine strong every time I took the mound. That was definitely the mindset, right? So that is something that has probably shifted today than, than how it was years ago, where your mindset was, I need to go nine, and it needs to be stellar. It needs to be sparkling, and I'll work backwards from there. Today... They're telling you or asking you, you know what? Hey, look, pedal to the metal. If you can get us to that bridge, I think we're going to be okay. We're going to be all And it's like, so get us to the bridge? You're talking about like the six, seven, eight guys? That's who, that's all you need out of me? Outstanding. But it's a lot easier said than done, my friend, because this is still the big leagues. You still got to get outs. And the talent level continues to rise. As hard as these guys are throwing, those boys in the box, they are barreling it up as well. Balls are flying out of the park at a ridiculous rate. Hashtag check the balls. Um, so this game is not easy. You want another one? Hashtag check the bat. And you know who brought that up? Your old pitching coach, Scott Emerson. So he was on the program, and when I was asking about the balls, he goes, check the he, – he wants me. So he goes, I want you. He's giving me a homework assignment. Sure. We're trying to get somebody from Louisville Slugger. He's saying the maple bats and the ash bats – are harder than ever before. So now you got velocity meets juice ball meets juice bat record home runs. So, so we're getting. I, I I just I can't get angry at guys for getting good wood. I can't do that. If you if your company is going to bat for you and they're giving you the finest grain in the land, I'm supposed to be mad at that. I can't, there's not much I can do about that. And what that. are they dipping those bats in? I mean, it, uh, it's not only what they're dipping them in, but how many times they're <laughs> dipping them in it. You know, I mean, we're talking about quintuple dipped lacquered bats here i mean we don't see a lot of broken bats anymore uh i they're breaking differently but that was all part of you know the dot on the the dot on the handle making sure that the quality of wood that these guys are getting isn't something where tyler colvin has to worry about coming down the third baseline and catching a 34 32 in the chest again because that was ugly i was watching that ball game you remember that Mm -hmm. he's coming down third base broken bat impales him I, i don't i don't need to see that 
I don't need to see that. Did you ever uh, kiss and make up with A-Rod? Who? The guy marrying J-Lo? <clears throat> no? <clears throat> Get off my mound? Mm-hmm. That was one of the funniest things. <laughs> no one knew what the hell you're talking about. You're like, what's he talking about? Who's this guy yelling at? What, what is he yelling about? Why is he talking still? That was pretty much the uh, the the reception until until the story comes out and people start to you know they they understand they gather. But look, the opinion's been made uh, probably about me and probably about him already. Well, because at one point you're both at ESPN. Um, no, no, we actually we never crossed oh, okay. we never crossed paths. That was. I was out, and I think he was in right after that. And I yeah. think about you doing the studio. I really liked – is that something you think you would want to get back to, or are you now more morphing into what we got going here? Yeah, I, I love what we have going here. I mean, I'm, I'm afforded the opportunity with NBC Sports California to do studio work, to do pre- and post-game work as well. I love that. I love – because it's seeing the game in a different way. You're breaking the game down differently as opposed to sort of analyzing it and kneading it like dough throughout the game you know because you're given a blank slate before the first pitch and now it's up to the athletes to bake it and you're just pretty much going to tell the people how it's going right well they've digested the ball game in a post-game atmosphere and you can now give some insight as to maybe what was going on or what they were thinking how to go about things differently next time so there's a lot of different avenues you can travel and the bottom line is when we're doing this it's far better and more fun when you're winning versus like what we saw with the Orioles. I, I, I'm looking at that, and we had Sig Meidel, their assistant GM. He came over from. He's one of these worked at NASA. He's one of these guys, right? He came over with the Astros, uh, with Elias, their GM. And I'm just looking, going, okay, you're not, you're not full on young. You still got a bunch of guys making money, but yet you're thinking about being a total rebuild. And I, 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 can you imagine working around the ball? T- I, we had Jim Palmer down here, the Hall of Famer. And right. He's scratching his head. Can you right. imagine Jim Palmer right. looking at this garbage that they're doing? Don't, I don't even – there's some teams I don't even know what direction they're going in. Well, and I think that's, that's part of where we're at in this game is how guys are starting to evaluate players and how they are starting to think about their future. So instead of spending the money to quasi-compete year after year, they're thinking about taking a five-year back seat to trying to stock the coffers and put themselves in a better position, not only financially, but resourcefully by tagging some guys in the draft and maybe in free agency that can help them towards their future. But it's 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 just a very weird time in baseball when you think about over 50% of the teams out of the, out of the race by the break. Maybe more than that. Yeah, I had an article... I had an article over here that was on uh, MLB.com yesterday about who's in, who's out, and then they had the list of the guys, the list of the teams that are out, and there were still they had nine teams. So basically, the the article is where nine up in the air teams may land by the deadline. So 14 teams in it: Atlanta, Boston, Chicago, Cleveland, Colorado, Houston, Los Angeles Dodgers, Milwaukee, Minnesota, Yankees, A's. Phillies, St. Louis, Tampa. So that's 14 teams in it. Seven teams, no chance. Not even close. Dumpster fires. So that's Baltimore, Detroit, Kansas City, Miami, San Francisco, Seattle, Toronto. That leads nine teams. Some of these teams are over 500, and they're talking about shutting "Ah, it down. Right. eh." So that's Arizona, Chicago White Sox, Cincinnati Reds, Los Angeles Angels, the Mets and Pirates. Tony, you can be over 500, but if you're over 500 and you're, what, eight back or nine back, they're thinking and their mindset, I think, at this point is 
well, cool, we're over 500, but how close are we really to where we ultimately want to be? And if it's going to cost me more money to finish second, uh, I think we're out on that. And that's, that's, I think, become the prevailing thought, is unless we look like we're ready to compete from the first pitch of the season and we are doing so, we're okay with backing out of this thing unless somebody's just going to give it to us. That's how I think teams are approaching things. Yeah, nobody is going to, you know, we've seen in sports in history, teams catch lightning in a bottle and win a championship when people thought they had no chance. Mm -hmm. We're not going to see that anymore if everybody is like, you know, let's see, 75 games in, uh, we're 500. uh, Yeah, we're backing out. Right. It's kind of like telling yourself as a little kid before you go in for dinner, you're going to sink these 10 free throws and then you'll go in. But I'm not leaving this court until I nail all 10 of these. And you nail the first two and then you miss that one and you're like, oh, I got to start over. I, I, I'm going to start. Uh, you know what? I missed that first. Oh, that didn't count. That didn't count. Or then you get to eight, and you're like, oh, well, that was close enough. And you just accept it. You just back off. It's like you can't You can't do that. You can't do that at the big league level. I don't think so. And luckily, the A's never do that. And now the A's will go through stretches, went through a stretch where they finished in last place three straight years. But then, then comes 97 wins. So right. the A's never go into full tank mode. And I totally respect that as they can – potentially win and rebuild and I think about the future I mean this future when you start talking about Lazardo and you start talking about Puck and you start talking about Mania coming back Frankie Montas is blossoming in front of our eyes what this rotation could look like you could have three fireballing left-handers in the same rotation well think about what the end of the year could potentially look like or even sooner when you talk about acquisitions at the deadline that are impactful this team could potentially sit still and receive three huge shots in the arm from the left arm, right? I mean, that's big time to think that an A.J. Puck could very well potentially find himself in the big leagues by the end of the year next to a Jesus Lazardo, next to a resurgent Sean Manaya. That is ridiculous to think about. Yeah, and, and right now I try and caution people, and you'll know this because you played with guys who went through it, is when you have Tommy John surgery, that's different from Jesus. Once Jesus Lazardo is ready to go, go. he's going to be up here. With Tommy John, once you have the surgery, there is a plan. There are benchmarks. There are protocols that have to be hit. And it's 12. They Now they want it more than 12. It used to be 12 months. They want it more than 12 months. Some guys 14. Mm -hmm. Talk about that because I have fans all the time go, hey, he's throwing – 98 miles an hour at Stockton. Why is he not here? Well, I know certain organizations, and I'm not going to name them, but there's certain organizations that have put an 18-month timetable on it. Like, you're not, you're just not going to see the light of day again until at least 18 months have passed. And that's just because they tell you, if you're feeling good, give it another two weeks. Because as good as you feel right now, you'll get out there, you'll ramp it up. You're probably not in a position to rebound. Your body's probably not in a position to handle the torque you might be able to create but your ability to recover just might not be there yet. So that's why they have to make sure that after a certain point in time, oh, he feels great. Does he? Because we know from history that this is probably a time period where a dead arm phase could arise or guys start to lose velocity and they don't know why, and now they start to adjust or try to adjust and put themselves in a worse position and, God forbid, find themselves back at square one. So that's why for a guy like Puck, you have to make sure he's hitting these benchmarks because you're thinking about this young man's future. You're not thinking about August, September of 2019. If you can be the person 
that figures out how to keep these guys from having the rotator cuff problems or the Tommy John surgery, whoever this doctor trainer is who can figure this out and have the right pro is going to make a boatload of money. Oh, are you kidding me? He's, he, he, he or she has reinvented water, my friend. That's exactly <laughs> what happens. Well, this is kind of like a uh, this kind of like batting practice for you, warming you up for tonight. Some soft toss, just a little tea work with Uncle Tony. Hey, anytime you want to stop by, the invitation is there, and I know I've talked to. Matt Pearl, our boss over there, about having you come on doing shows with me. Hey, I'm here, Townie. You know it, brother. And the bottom line is we could even hook you up when you're down in L.A. I'm here, brother. You know it. You, I mean, this is the thing. It's like we're doing that when the, when, when, when the team is on the road. Right. We're doing it from my house. I'm watching games as well, my friend. I'm, I'm watching games. I got nothing to do but watch television, watch A's baseball. Commander Cody lives over by me, and he's got like a three-minute commute over to my home studio. We oh, could yes. Just, we could dial you in and be ready to go. Oh, digital powwows all day. Let's do it. I mean, I'm, I couldn't be more excited for something like that. So like Tony said, I'm, th I'm behind the Shark Tank. It's literally a scooter ride away. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You are the best, my man. Let's rock. Thanks, Tony. The great Dallas Braden joining us here on A's Cast Live. Batting practice is ending. It looks like we're uh, finally going to get Mike Fires as he's coming off the field. So we're going to do a little juggling here as we may have Dwayne, Dwayne Stats also from the Tampa Bay Rays who does television for them. Vita Blue is going to be here at 530. This is the brilliance of being on the field. And Mike Fires is coming over, so we're going to have Mike here for a little bit after batting practice here on A's Cast Live. And that's the great thing about having players is that we can just bring them up here to the table, put the mic on them, and just be ready to rock. And, of course, we've talked about how well Mike has been throwing the baseball as he's 5-0 and in his last eight starts. So you throw a no-hitter, and since then you're undefeated. Life is good for Mike Fires. And he joins us here on A's Cast Live with Chris Townsend. Mike, how you doing? I'm great. Just finished BP and uh, yeah, about to head inside and get some get some food. It's going to be an interesting series against these guys because it looks like you're going to be battling these guys all the way to the end for a playoff spot. Oh yeah, definitely a great team on the other side here this weekend, and um, it's just gonna it's gonna be a battle. But uh, you know we got to play sound sound baseball, and um, you know every little mistake could cost us a game. So we just got to be ready to go and um, you know play to our ability. I remember talking to you in spring training about being the, the veteran guy and being the leader of the staff. And then I talked to you on, a, on one of the road trips after your win. And, you know, they, you got off to a little bit of, of a bumpy start. And then you said, you know what, this isn't me. I, I'm better than this, and, and I'm going to be better. And right after that, you throw a no-hitter. And since then, you're 5-0 and in your last eight starts. So just take me through that transition of when you said, you know what, I'm better than this, and i got to turn it around right now. Uh, I think just every season you go into, uh, you're just trying to figure out you know, what, uh, what's working and what's not. And, you know, trial and error, you go out there every game and uh, you, you just see, uh, you know, what's being more effective than other pitches. And, um, you know, you, you deal with some stuff. You get, you know, get you have some kinks in there you're trying to work out. So, uh, you know, I'm in a good spot now. So you just want to take it and run with it and just keep doing what you're doing now. So, um, you know, for me, just going out there with the confidence and uh, throwing a bunch of strikes and, just trying to get off the field as quick as possible every inning and, and let my defense work behind me. And I think about pitching years ago, everybody, you got to live down. you got to build a house down in the zone. And now everybody wants to be up in the zone and throwing four-seam fastballs and living up. And that really plays to your game. It does. And as that's how I've pitched my whole career. Um, 
I've never been a guy to try to get ground balls. And, you know, I give up my fair share of homers. But, uh, you know, solo homers usually don't beat you in this game. So as long as I'm keeping those guys off the bases and making them earn their way on and um, just going after them and uh, just, just uh, you know, thinking, you know, maybe one or two runs, it's not going to beat you. So uh, just going after them. Hey, if they're swinging early, they get you one time with a homer or whatever. You just got to put it behind you, face the next guy. But, you know, limit the walks and uh, limit the free the free passes and really just, like I said, just make them earn their way on base. Yeah, I like that you said that because Catfish Hunter, the Hall of Famer whose numbers retired up here on Mount Davis, number 27, always talked about with Ray Fossey, as long as there's solo home runs, it's just one run. It's you're right. It's you can't give up the two run, the three run, or the grand slam. One home run is just one was just one run. Yeah, and I think um, you know a lot of these guys are definitely swinging for home runs. Uh, a lot of these teams we play, they're uh, getting bigger, stronger, and uh, so it's about just just uh, you know really just using the ballpark here in Oakland. Um, just kind of hey, hit it as far as you can, but I'm gonna make it tough on you. And uh, usually we got guys. Uh, you know, definitely with this team, we, we got a lot of great, great uh, infielders and outfielders. So I'm just letting them work behind me and, and um, you know, just throw a bunch of strikes. I, I mean, my, my thing is throw a bunch of strikes, get get them to start swinging, then try to expand the zone, and then just, you know, like I said, use my defenders. Yeah, you have a great defense behind you. Talk about how, especially on, like, the left side of the infield, your defense is second to none. And, of course, the first baseman also was a goal glover. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a – I've just personally seen a huge change from uh, from Marcus Simeon uh, playing here past couple years and then, um, you know, getting traded here last year and playing with him for the two months last year and then also uh, a couple months here this year. So I've just seen a huge change from him. He's he's growing as a player, uh, getting better, better every day. Um, and obviously Chapman coming in here and, you know, his first first full year winning a gold glove and, and platinum glove and all these other gloves and <laughs> just I, I literally I, I tell these guys hey you know whenever I'm in a jam just just pull the ball to third base and um, <laughs> you know I'll, I'll live with that any day and then also on the other side um, you know with Olsen over there um, you know making making some of these play these tough plays look easy um, you know saving the guys on the other side of the field if they make a you know maybe not the perfect throw and he, he's there to you know scoop it or you know, uses long range to grab the ball up in the air. And, um, you know, he does amazing things over there at first base to uh, really help everybody out there. So it's it's great to have that as a defense. So that's why I just, you know, when I'm pitching, I just want them to hit the ball uh, at these guys and have them make plays. You've played with a lot of great players, and you've played against a lot of great players. Have you ever seen anybody play third base like Matt Chapman? Man, I, it's, I mean, it's it's tough. It's tough, man. Um I played, um, you know, my years in Houston, uh, you know, playing with, with Bregman. And uh, actually, Jed Lowry was over there my first year in 2015. Uh, but I think the way Chapman plays, uh, you know, he's he's just a tick, he's a tick be, you know, above everybody else, I think. Uh, you know, just with everything. I think he's a full, well-rounded player. I mean, dives after everything, puts his body on the line. And then his arm is definitely one of the – tops in the league and um and then definitely at the plate i mean he does everything right uh, you know as a as a pitcher you want a guy like that behind you talk about frankie montas and the growth you have seen from him oh man he's uh, i mean all-star pitcher he's, a, he's an all-star he should be this year a uh, guy that's um you know figured out one more pitch uh you know this past off season and he's using it the the splitter 
And, um, man, I think it's took his game from, you know, good to great. And, you know, I don't, I don't see him slowing down anytime soon. A uh, guy that throws that hard with that much movement and then the off-speed pitches to, you know, keep down on the zone. And then also, you know, just being smarter. You know, he's a young kid. Um, so he's still learning, but he, he's he's developing that, that mental side where, you know, he's not just giving in to these guys. He, he's making it tough. He's uh, making, you know, great pitches in big situations. And, you know, he's pitching with the confidence that that he has right now. And, um, you know, like I said, he's a, he's an all-star pitcher. I love being around him. I love, you know, playing catch with him and, and joking around with him. He's a great person as well. And, um, you know, there's he's got, he's got a lot of uh, – great pitching years ahead of them well you're a leader and a rock of this rotation and good luck on saturday good luck in this series and thank you for uh, stopping by and go get uh, go get some food and rest up and get ready for tonight <laughs> all right thank you mike fire is doing a great job for your oakland athletics and now we're going to switch over to Dwayne stats who works for the tampa bay rays and does their television as we got into it early but it looks like it's been shot down and i'm glad because it was pretty ridiculous Thank you for stopping by. We appreciate it. Hey, how we doing? We are doing wonderful. How about this office right here? It's I love it. This is this might be the best office I've ever been in. You know, you're between the dugout and the foul line. Sun's out. Got great music here. This has the best music, by the way, in uh, Major League Baseball. It's Oakland. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we're it, it's it's an experimental deal. We have a uh, we have a 24/7 station that's on TuneIn. So. 24-7, you get A's content, and we started this live show that's before our pregame show. We're the only team in Major League Baseball doing it. A lot of teams are now coming to us saying, how are you guys doing this? Because this really is the future of getting your product and your brand out to your fans and not having to rely on somebody else. And I know how big that is with just the kind of the craziness that's going around the Rays right now and with the, the reports earlier today of Tampa and playing in Montreal. Luckily, that's all been shut down as of right now. Um, what is it like being around the Rays these days? It's a great team, but kind of like where we are, you need a new ballpark. Well, there's no question. I think, uh, I, I think you're right on both counts. Uh, the ball club itself, I like, uh, I like the makeup of this club. It's a younger club than when they had their run of success in 08 and those five, six years there. Uh, the feel of that club is really great. Uh, you had a nice mix of some young talent and then some veteran guys. And here you have all these young guys, and I think, I think where they are right now, uh, they have to establish that they can play in the big venues and at Yankee Stadium, you know, they were outscored 21 to four up there. Uh, the kind of uh, series that I don't think anyone dreamed that they would run into up there. And I think because of the youth, uh, that's one hump they're gonna have to get over. But they still believe in themselves. It's a, it's a good group. They think they can do it. And I, uh, I like the vibe they have in the clubhouse. I was in Tampa and it's going on right now. I saw this in Tampa, and I talked about it on the broadcast, and I was doing a little play-by-play. Uh, Ken Korak was off for that trip. Yep. And then I was also doing my talk show, this talk show. And I said, you know, Tampa, they work really hard. And I'm looking at they're all taking ground balls right now. I compared them to a Japanese team because we've seen we've been to Japan now twice in 12 mm -hmm. and this year and nobody works harder than the Japanese teams before games it's amazing all the drills and everything they're doing they utilize the entire field I think your ball club's very similar your, your guys work really hard they do I think that's uh, that's part of the culture when when the ownership changed and when Joe Madden came I think that was the beginning of that and I think Kevin Cash has been um, as good as you can be in that regard too 
these guys know that to get that edge, whatever edge they think they can they can come up with, it's really a combination of, of information because, as you know, they're an information overload kind of organization, <laughs> yeah. and then effort, and, and everybody buys into that. How many new stats do you think you have learned in analytics <laughs> since 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 you started working for the Rays? Oh, it, it's uh, you know when you go back, you know we used to look at uh, home runs and runs batted in and batting average, and now um, most of those uh, they're irrelevant. <laughs> so uh, we're into all kinds of new stuff. I, I try not to get uh, completely deep into that because you know you have a whole host of listeners and viewers of all ages, and and so you still have to. You have to keep the ones you have, and, and the traditional statistics, I think, still have meanings. People measured performance by those for a long time. But the uh, all the new analytics, uh, you've, you've got to go there because they are relevant, and, and it makes a difference between uh, success and lack of success. We had Joey Wendell on earlier to start the show, and, of course, we know Joey from his time with the athletics. And... I, I was joking with him about, you know, everything that goes on with the front office and who's playing, who's not, when to pitch a guy, when not. And for me, for Kevin Cash, I guess his biggest thing is you're going to implement the game plan. You know, a lot like football, you're going to implement a game plan. But you got to get the players to buy in. Is that his biggest job is to get these guys to believe in it? Yeah, I think it is. I think, uh, I think having a younger club helps with that. Uh, I think there's still – there's, there's still more than just the statistics that you have there. I think there's still the human side of that that you have to build into all of that. And I think that's a work in progress for a lot of organizations who are trying to implement that. So I think you still have to have that. But I think overall, Kevin, um, Kevin has been a good role model. People wonder about managers now. You know, are, uh, they're a different breed. How much buy-in are they going to have? Well, they have the job because they're going to buy in, but they have to make it relevant uh, to the players in the clubhouse, and, the, and if they respect that, and if the manager is, is open enough to uh, be honest and explain what they're doing, I think that's the important thing. So, uh, you know, people always talked about managers and communication, and I think it's more important probably now than ever before. I was a little bit worried when I saw that report that a guy from the front office is going to be in uniform and is going to be in the dugout and he's going to be helped making decisions because you know how players, if all of a sudden I get pinch hit for or if I get taken out of the game, you know, players can say, you're taking money off of my plate here. And Joey says they love the guy. He's a part of them now. Are you shocked that it's been seamless having a front office, as we like call him, baseball nerd, in the dugout in uniform? I've been around this operation not to be shocked by anything. <laughs> so when I heard that he was going in, the people would think, really, this guy who – barely picked up a baseball as a kid. I saw him, uh, he actually was in uniform uh, during batting practice the other day, and, and he was, uh, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't want to be uh, negative about this, but he was trying to catch balls that the third baseman was throwing in, and you could tell it was a new experience for him. He was still getting down the whole rhythm of catching it, where you, what your footing is and all of that. But he, I, I, think, I think more than anything, I think the players knew that there's information coming from up top, and he's a face on that now. He's a guy that they're around every day. So in that way, I think it's probably pretty smart. We talked about the human element a few minutes ago. To put a guy, a face, a real human being in there, 
and he's, he's right there for these guys to interact with. They interact with him on the road, uh, you know, on, uh, uh, at home, the same thing. So I think, uh, I think it's turned out to be a pretty good idea, although I wondered myself how that would work. And 10 years ago, it wouldn't have worked. Today, in the game the way it is, it works. These franchises are very similar, not only because of analytics and not only because of payroll, but it's also ballpark problems. Is we're hoping that in 2023 over in Jack London Square, which is still a long time away, we'll be opening a new ballpark. I learned more about your guys' situation since I traveled uh, to to uh, St. Petersburg, which, by the way, I love St. Petersburg. It's my first time there. Great, great town, great yep. restaurants right on the water. But I learned about the bridge and the traffic from Tampa to get over, and a lot of people think the team should be in Tampa. How do you think this thing plays out for, for, for the Rays? Well, here's the biggest challenge, I think. And, and baseball knew this going in. You, you look at the market, and by whichever demographic you want to use, it's 12th, 13th largest broadcast market. Uh, and I think that's reflected in, in what they've been able to generate in their latest rights deals. The issue is it's 29, the market is 29 out of 30 in Major League franchises in corporate headquarter presence, which means that they rely upon walk-up and the average fan more than almost every club in baseball. And with that being the case, then the ballpark needs to be in an area where there are a lot of people with disposable income around them as opposed to maybe where they are now. You know, they're on a peninsula, so you've, you've, got, you've got water really on three sides. You've got the Skyway Bridge to the south. You've got the bay on one side. You've got the gulf on the other. And the, and the folks in that immediate area, and Florida's like this just by the nature of, of being a tourist state, but you have a lot of retirees and you, have, you still have a lot of service-oriented income, which is a slightly below the national average. So as corporate headquarters come in and as it grows, and there's tons of that going, but most of that is north of Tampa in the Hillsborough County area. And so if they had moved a ball club or the ballpark to that area in Ebor, they would have doubled the number of people that would have been within, I think, a 50-mile radius of the ballpark. Access would have been better. And I think that's important while the entire market grows. I think it's eventually the market's going to grow, and you're going to get the corporate presence there. But immediately over the next foreseeable three, four, five years, location of the ballpark is important. And I think that's what this market, the Tampa Bay market, has suffered from. Because all the other numbers are good, except the same way that the, the A's here have battled attendance, trying to get seats and fannies in the in the stands, and the Rays have had the same issue. We appreciate the time. A little, little batting practice to warm you up for tonight's yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I'd love to be part of something new. Yeah, hey, you guys, you got, you know, what's great about baseball now is that we can watch any game, anytime, anywhere we want. You guys do a fine job on your broadcast, and thank you for coming down, and uh, good luck the next four days. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. Coming up next, we are going to have the MVP, the Cy Young Award. Vita Blue is going to join us right here on A's Cast Live. Along with some of your favorite A's players and front office staff, through the A's volunteer team, fans can join us in giving back to Oakland and the East Bay. Through your time and energy, fans can earn rewards based on the number of hours spent volunteering. To get started, visit athletics.com community. 
That's athletics.com slash community. Now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or coworkers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the Terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com slash premium today. Playing in Hero Town, it's only fitting to get your group together to reserve the Budweiser Hero Deck. Located next to the right field foul pole, this awesome new space can hold around 100 people and a bunch of home run balls. With an all-inclusive buffet, now is the time to be the hero of your friends and colleagues by grabbing tickets and a cold one for a great day at the ballpark. For more information about the Budweiser Hero Deck, visit athletics.com premium today. From sweet plans to single game suites, there's nothing like premium hospitality and athletics baseball. New for the 2019 season, food and beverages are now included in all suites plus options to create a three game suite plan. Plus, select plans also include an A's access membership, allowing you to attend every regular season home game. To learn more about A's suites, visit athletics.com suites. That's athletics.com suites. Free parking, free drinks, and maybe even your favorite A's players flying into your lap. The Field Box is a great way to entertain clients or enjoy a game with your family and friends. Located next to each dugout, now is your time to get in on the action right from the field. To learn more about the Field Box and other premium seating options, visit athletics.com premium or call us at 510-638-GO-A's. That's 510-638-4627. 510-638-4627. Want to take home half of the 50-50 pot? This season, you'll have even more opportunities to test out your luck. The Oakland A's Community Fund will host a 50-50 raffle at every home game in 2019. Tickets are sold from gates opening through the last out of the sixth inning, from raffle sellers, or at the kiosk at Section 217. The winner will be announced in-game and will receive 50% of the jackpot, with the remainder benefiting the Oakland A's Community Fund. Learn more at athletics.com raffle. Now back to A's Cast Live. Broadcasting from the town, here's Chris Townsend. Oh, joining me is an absolute baseball legend who will be here to talk about the A's, how they created the Athletics African American Franchise 5 back in 2016, giving A's fans the opportunity to vote for the top five African American players in athletics history. And I'm looking at a guy who is one of the great A's of all time. Vita Blue, how are you, my friend? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I've heard you rattling off all that good stuff. Uh, pretty flattering to be a part of that group, you know. Uh, hey, man, I grew up in Oakland. I was 20 years old when I first came out here, and uh, um, I'm almost 70, so. <laughs> but uh, this is this, – I have selfish reasons for liking this place. Uh, even though it's the last or the only remaining multi-purpose stadium in pro sports, uh, it means a lot to me to be in Oakland Coliseum. Is it called Oakland Coliseum? Yeah, now? we're Oakland Coliseum. We're good. <laughs> hey, not only did you, not only did you, not only did you grow up here, you became a star here. I mean, uh, what you did being a 
MVP and a Cy Young, and you're on what magazine? You're on the cover of every magazine. <laughs> All right, you want me to rattle them off for you, yes. Chris? No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> uh, I tell you, man, to uh, to have the stuff happen to me that happened is pretty cool. Uh, I wish every athlete could experience being at the top of your game like that, male or female, pro amateur, pro or amateur, just to be, you know, what they call it now, you're in the zone, and I got to experience that in uh, in 1971 with with the with the help of a, of a great supporting cast of the, the Reggie Jacksons of the world and the Joe Rudys and Sal Bandos and Gene Tennyses and Bert Campanarises. And uh, we had a pretty good run, I'd say, to win, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, five divisional titles and three championships in between that and to be one of only two different teams to, well, two different franchises to go three in a row. I know the Yankees did it. They won five in a row at one time. But to be on a team that won three in a row, just think about it, man. I was in the World Series when I was 22, 23, and 24 years old. So that was pretty cool. That was uh, – who would have thunk it that a kid from, listen now, beautiful Mansfield, Louisiana, <laughs> would have the success I had. And uh, I put a lot of work into being a, a, a professional baseball player, and I had some guys that guided me along, guys like Mudcat Grant and the, Tommy Davis who – made his name as a L.A. Dodger, but uh, they were on the A's team when I came up, and uh, they taught me about being a professional and being a major leaguer, like I said, and dealing with the press and the media. So I have all those people and guys that think that uh, helped me along the way to uh, to uh, uh, have the career that I did have, you know, on and off the field. I am so happy that your teams, and it seems it happened later on, but you guys, because of books – because of the MLB network and because of this new <laughs> regime, your teams finally got their due as arguably one of the great teams of all time. Well, you know, I heard a, I heard a, a guy who I give a lot of respect to, Jim Palmer, said when they rated the top 20 teams, I think the Cincinnati Reds were rated ahead of us. And I heard him in an interview said that the A's team should have been should be rated ahead of the Cincinnati. We beat them. How can that be? That's like uh, that's like Auburn. No, I'm gonna use LSU since I'm from losing. That's like LSU <laughs> beating Alabama, and Bama's still rated the hell of LSU. You know, you can't do that. If you beat them, they gotta take the back seat. You know what I mean, Cody? Is it Cody? All right, right on, man. I gotta give you some pub, brother. Come on. That's Commander Cody, my producer. That's we... how he got shit done, man. Oh, excuse me. It's all right. Stuff done. We're oh. not we're not on regular radio. We're good. <laughs> it's just a little slip. It's okay. You're three-time World Series champion. Yeah, good. but I'm, I try to be professional, man. And uh, my four daughters will be at home. They're, Dad, you got potty mouth. <laughs> it's not my daughters. It's my four granddaughters that's going to be on my case. Look, hold up. Time out. I see Mr. Johnny Lee Blue Moon Odom walking into the house. You know he's from Georgia and I'm from Louisiana, so – don't ever confuse us for that, okay? <laughs> what is it like when you get around all your old teammates? Man, we go after each other just like it was yesterday. <laughs> uh, I did some stuff with them in spring training, and uh, we had a hoot. He was, he was trying to sell us as the Blues Brothers, you know. <laughs> you know, he goes to every game when the A's go play the uh, Angels of Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. He goes to every game. What's up, Mooney? Oh, yeah, he's right by the dugout. Yeah, we see yeah. him on TV every, yeah. every single game. Doesn't he be wearing his colors? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Mooney? What's going on, Sarah? 
Always great to see teammates. Good to see you again. How you doing? You remember Chris Townsend? Yeah, we yeah, played a little okay. golf together at one point. Oh, uh, 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 uh. We're just going to talk a little baseball. Just ham and, and egg in it, man. Ham and egg in it. That's all. How you doing, Mooney? Put your, your, your mic. Pretty good so far. Pretty good so far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Blues brothers. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> welcome, welcome to Oakland for the on a Friday. What's the date? No, Thursday, right? Thursday, Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. on a four-game series. Thursday. These guys played the Yankees yesterday and really? flew across country. Really? Remember when we used to do that, man? Oh man! I don't know how we did that. Well, we was young, crazy, young, dumb, and, and crazy. Dumb. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But it's when it's your job, you you look forward to it. But the the, the monotonous of, of traveling all the time, you you know, I used to have to wake wake up every morning. Sometimes, what city am I? And I have to look at the itinerary. And say, we're not in Milwaukee again, are we? <laughs> not to, well, not to well, against Milwaukee. Well, we hope not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You hope not. Well, Cleveland. I, I, I gotta say, I just left <clears throat> Milwaukee. Really? Yeah, I was up there for the Negro League. Really? Yeah, I played in the Negro League back in 62 and 63. No kidding. You didn't know that, huh? I did not. Yeah. yeah Look at you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they wow. honor me there. I'm on a wall of fame now. No way. Yeah. All right, right on, man. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you something that I, I did when I was uh, with the Raiders in Kansas Five City. Bucks. I had to go. I, I made sure I went over to the Negro League Museum. Oh yeah. And I'll never uh -huh. forget. So I'm I'm in one of I'm in front of one of the displays, and all of a sudden I hear these two voices of these two guys that I know. I'm in Kansas City, and I'm uh -huh. sitting there going, "That's Vita Blue and Marty Lurie." <laughs> <laughs> and I texted I texted I, I, I right. texted him, uh. and, and you guys were narrating the history of the Negro League, and there's this little theater, and the, and I'm like, wow, that was incredible. Yeah, yeah, I've gone to that thing. Uh, you know, Buck O'Neill scouted me when I was in high school in Louisiana. Uh, Louisiana was part of his territory, and uh, he came to see me play one time, and uh, I've heard him talk and tell some of the great stories that he talked about being Satchel Page's roommate at one time. And... Uh, Personally, I think Mr. O'Neill should have been inducted into the Hall of Fame. It's, it's not too late, but I was hoping that it would have happened before he passed away. But uh, that's just my own personal uh, feelings about him as a person, and, and he's a great man and did a lot for the game. But he's got some great stories about Satchel Page. I know that. Even hey, a show uh, like this, we can't repeat it. But, uh. <laughs> well, speaking of Satchel Page, you know, Satchel Page played Play with me. Instead of me playing what? with Satchel Page in ah. 1965 in Kansas City. Mr. Finley put him on the team? Yes, he did uh, in order for him to get his pension. Right, and okay, I, I, I do remember that, okay. And the first game he pitched uh, was against Boston Red Sox, and he threw three innings, and the only hit was off him was uh, Carter Scrimps, uh, off opposite field double. Really? Off the wall. That was the only hit that you uh, saw he got. I saw it. Satchel Page pitch? Yes, I did. On the, and he was a teammate of yes, yours. Yes, right. Yeah, okay, I got That's it. Right. I got it. That's he, pretty he, cool. He, he could steal a pitch if he only gave it, giving up one hit. Yeah. Carter's how, how was it at that time? Well, that I don't know. Okay, well, he, he probably <laughs> would have told, would have told you the truth anyway, would Yeah, he? he was older than me. That's all I can say. <laughs> so you got to experience the transition of going from Kansas City to here to Oakland. That's what true. was that like? 
Well, it was scary in a way because we, we was used to Kansas City, and uh, we never heard of Oakland, and uh, <laughs> we didn't know what to expect once we got here. And uh, it was a good thing that we plus California, got here. plus yeah. California, yeah. like the yeah. people are crazy yeah. out there, man. <laughs> yeah, and we started winning once we got here. You know, we we just couldn't stop winning. We thought no one could beat us. And you was on a team uh, at the time. Well, we were going to sit and play four games. We felt like we should win all four. Absolutely. Yeah. Two Southern guys covering, coming to California. <laughs> <laughs> what possibly could go wrong? <clears throat> and, yeah. And Vita said it, you know, this stadium, what it means to you guys, the greatness that you guys had, the run that you guys had, and the World Series and – all the great teams that you competed against and players. What a special it this place will always be a special home for you guys. It it will. And uh I kinda hate to see it go, you know, to hate to see them move because uh all your memories and stuff like that gonna be gone from this stadium and uh you know we can only look back and uh, just think about what we used to do here. Well the the plan is to keep the field. Right, that's what I've been told. And what they will do is it'll they'll just have stands that go around and they'll still play like high school games here, colleges can play. So this treasure of a field that has seen, you know, not just baseball. I mean, you guys remember how good the Raiders were back in the day. Oh yeah. And some of the greatest players in the NFL, dating all the way back, have played on this field. So they will preserve this field where so many Hall of Famers in baseball and football have played. I think that's going to be very special. So your oh, guys' yeah. field will never go away to where yeah. a lot of the old ballparks, they just tore them down and those memories are gone. They built the parking yeah. lot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Well, were you? when did you get into the business, Chris? 1996. So did you ever see the stadium when it was open? You could see the uh, the Oakland Hills? My first game is when I came to play baseball at San Jose State. Really? And my first game was in 91, and it was the first time. Because I grew up in San Diego. Okay. So I had never seen the New York Yankees. They were bad, but I had never seen the Yankee <laughs> uniform in person. Nice. So, And this is still when the A's were rolling, right? right? They still had all the great stars. And I remember sitting out there in the bleacher seats. We snuck beer in. And I remember seeing. Oh, you did that. This was the first time I ever saw the New York Yankees. I'll never forget my first A's game. I, I, was, I, was, a, I was hooked to the American League game right away. And that's the thing about interleague play. And, like, I know people said, you know, they don't like interleague play. I'm like, you got to realize for these kids, they don't. They get to see the other you, players. Like, think about that. Yeah. For national, if, if you never played in the National League, like Ray Fossey never. He only played the National League when it was in the, the World uh, Series. Yeah. Now you get to play everywhere, which I think is great. Everybody gets to see guys like yourselves, world champions. So do you yeah. think, what do you like, DH in both leagues, or do you yes. like it separate the way it is? I say this all the time because people say, oh, the right way to play is with the, is the, with the pitcher, pitcher hitting. hitting yeah. And I say this, at every single level in baseball, high school, college, minor leagues, everybody uses uh, the DH. DH. Yep. Now if you're a really good hitting you know, maybe you can still hit. I mean, I know both you guys could hit. Uh, the last switch hitter ever to uh, win the MVP American in the American League, League is Thank Vita you. Blue. Well, that's good knowledge. Thank you, sir. Do you guys well, like the DH? Well, or? I, I really uh, didn't like it when I played because I was a pretty good hitter. I could have signed as an outfielder for the San Francisco Giants, but they had Willie Mays and all those guys over there. So <laughs> I decided I would go to Kansas City as a pitcher. But uh, – I, I used to love to hit. You know, when you're pitching, uh, you, you pitch to get to the bat so you can hit and stuff like that. And one year I lucked out and had five home runs. 
and I don't know having the stolen bases and stuff like that, but uh, that was a pretty good. And you pinch and ran a lot, right? Yeah, pinch ran. <clears throat> they used me only if it was like in the fifteenth inning, and then I was the last active guy. <laughs> 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 Get over there and just we'll, we'll tell you when to move, you know. <laughs> well, what really scared me at one time, I think Dick Williams or somebody uh, told me get grab a bat, you know, and I pitched hit for a position player. And uh, you thought the players go uh, be pissed uh, off, but they couldn't. <laughs> I guess they couldn't because <laughs> if he wanted me to pinch hit and everything, that meant he trusted me and he knew I could hit pretty good. So, uh, <laughs> and the players themselves, you know, knew I could assign as an outfielder, so it didn't bother them that much. I think. Well, you got you guys are absolute A's royalty. You guys are A's greatness, world champions. But they're telling me you guys got to go to a signing right now. So I could talk to you all day, and we could talk yeah. about a. a and your championships, but they're saying, I got to let you go. I just want to oh, give another okay. shout-out to Cody. He was ama- He was persistent. I said, you got to call Deetra Page. She's <laughs> oh, yeah. the queen of the Coliseum. <laughs> oh, yeah. She got stuff done, man. Uh, you guys are the best. Thank you for coming out. It means well, a lot to me. Last second okay, here, last minute. You. I can't ever get this guy to give me what his flicking uh, handicap is. Could yeah. he hit the ball? Well, well did you say you played with him one time, right? Yeah, we played at the A's golf tournament. And he yes, claims he, he doesn't have an NCGA card. I'm like, I have dude, it's a hundred. I'll give you the hundred dollars for the I, year. I have one, but you just never what, post your score. But what, what, what it says on my on my card, I have flat feet. That's my handicap. That kept you out of the military too, didn't it? <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you so much. What an honor to have you here okay. on A's Class Live. Bye right. you're the best, buddy. Thank you. Thank you, Blue Moon. Right. Coming up next, okay. we'll have a little buying or selling to end the program right here on A's Cast Live. The community, along with some of your favorite A's players and front office staff, through the A's volunteer team, fans can join us in giving back to Oakland and the East Bay. Through your time and energy, fans can earn rewards based on the number of hours spent volunteering. To get started, visit athletics.com community. That's athletics.com community. Now is the time to secure your own terrace table with seating for two or four people to eat, drink, and cheer the A's right from these amazing new half-moon tables. With awesome in-seat ordering and exclusive discounts, this might be the best seat in the house. So grab your friends, family, or coworkers and come out early for a great day at the ballpark. To learn more about the terrace and some of the other exciting new ballpark locations, visit athletics.com premium today. Playing in Hero Town, it's only fitting to get your group together to reserve the Budweiser Hero Deck. Located next to the right field foul pole, this awesome new space can hold around 100 people and a bunch of home run balls. With an all-inclusive buffet, now is the time to be the hero of your friends and colleagues by grabbing tickets and a cold one for a great day at the ballpark. For more information about the Budweiser Hero Deck, visit athletics.com premium today. From sweet plans to single-game suites, there's nothing like premium hospitality and athletics baseball. New for the 2019 season, food and beverages are now included in all suites, plus options to create a three-game suite plan. Plus, select plans also include an A's Access membership, allowing you to attend every regular season home game. To learn more about A's Suites, visit athletics.com suites. That's athletics.com suites. Now 
now back to A's Cast Live. Broadcasting from the town, here's Chris Townsend. Does it get any better than that? That was six World Series sitting right there, three and three. How, how many do we have? Uh, right, none between the three of us, including Alex, the great Alex Jensen. Yes, uh, we are all over. Uh, let's do a little buying or selling. Let's go. It's time for buying or selling. Sell, sell. Right now with Chris Townsend on A's Cast Live. All right, Tony. After a great day again today, a lot of good guests. I'm going to pat myself on the back here. If you can pat yourself on the back, I'm going to pat myself on the back here. Great show again. All right, number one. A good producer always brings it back to himself. That's <laughs> yes, what we do. All right, number one, I'm buying or selling. After what happened to Max Scherzer in batting practice, we need to have the conversation about a universal DH. Oh, it's happening. You National League people, I'm buying it. You National League people, you've lost the fight. As I, as I mentioned with those guys, it's idiotic. Everywhere in baseball, there is the DH. High school all the way up to the American League. The only people who play without the DH is the National League. Like Alex and I grew up playing baseball. We, we, we never not had the DH. I mean, think about that. I'm a little embarrassed. I played baseball growing up, too. Pennsylvania, we didn't. Have, we used the DH. We used the EH, the extra hitter, as well. There was an extra hitter? There was an extra hitter in high school baseball because we were so terrible. Uh, we had an extra hitter in under the league we played in. They Everybody got a trophy, too? No, no we, we weren't that bad. Uh, well, we were bad, but no, no, not everyone got a trophy. <laughs> All right. All right, buying or selling number two. The Chicago Cubs wanting to add a sports book to Wrigley Field will help Pete Rose get into the Hall of Fame. That's interesting because I think it is. Um, I'm going to, I want to buy. I love Pete. I would put him in because of what he, he gambled as a manager. If you don't want to have him in the game, that's fine. But he, no question, is one of the greatest players to have ever laced him up. And he should be put in for what he did as a player. But I'm going to sell because Major League Baseball is going to keep him out until he dies. And then after he dies, then he'll probably get in. Kind of like a kind of like a Kennedy Snake Stabler kind of thing where he was held out his whole career and then he gets pulled in right after, you know, after he passes away. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. I could see it because – but then again, you can see Joe Madden. Can you see Joe Madden going up a place in a bet for the game starts in, at Wrigley? I mean, it's, it's, it's coming. Sports, sports and gambling – it's coming. You cannot deny it, and it's going to happen all across the country. All right, last one quickly because we're almost out of time. What's going to make it easy for you? Buying or selling, Mike Trout will be the greatest player to ever play the game. I'm going to sell. Fossey sold on us earlier when we brought that up to him. He yeah, sold on I, I, I'm going to sell. I say he's going to be one of. It's going to be very hard to call him the greatest player. He'll be this. I'll buy this. He'll be the greatest analytic player of all time. He has the war, 69.2 right He'll now. He'll be the greatest analytics. Coming up next, it's going to be Alex Jensen and A's all night. And then I will be back at 6.05 on 8.60 AM. The Answer, Sports 1140 KHDK and A's cast with A's Total Access. Getting you ready for the A's and the Rays from the Coliseum. This has been a presentation of the... Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.